Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. We head now over to Malaysia for an update on the political situation there. Of course, we've got to start off and take a look at the latest update when it comes to Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim, who now leads a government that represents a minority of votes of the country's Malay Muslim majority and faces a largely Malay Muslim opposition that's trumped up his PH coalition. So let's get the latest in terms of what's going to happen next over in Malaysia. We're joined on the line now by Walid Jamblat Abdullah, who's an assistant professor at Nanyang Technological University. Good morning. Morning. Nice to be here. Good to have you with us. So let's talk about Anwar. He's become the Prime Minister of Malaysia after a two-decade wait. He's also come a long way over those two decades. What are your thoughts on what difference he's going to make to the political scene in Malaysia? I mean, he's really got quite a task ahead of him, especially with the economic situation. Indeed, indeed. I would say it's, it's not a two-decade wait, actually. It's a four-decade wait. Mm. Uh, but yes, he definitely has a huge task ahead of him. And uh, the problem for him is he actually does not have the majority of the vote. Mm-hmm. His coalition did not have the majority of the vote. And now he has to ally with the Barisan National, who was deeply popular and were, uh, deeply unpopular and was rejected by the people during the vote. So... It's going to be a marriage of convenience, and we know how marriages of convenience usually end. So that will be his biggest mm. challenge. But depending on how he can cobble together the, the vote of uh, confidence, it, he, he probably has some time, probably has some time to implement some of his policies. The, the question is whether he will be bold in going for the fundamental uh, changes that is needed rather than just just trying to coast through the the term. And speaking of the vote of confidence, although it's not necessarily needed, he's still going ahead on the 19th of December. Why is he doing that? Yeah, I think that one is a power move on his his part. And I think he should do it because otherwise there will always be questions lingering about the the legitimacy of his premiership because he didn't get a 112 uh, seat. number needed to cross the threshold. According to the palace, he didn't get it, neither did Muhyiddin. So I think it's a power play on his part. And I think it's a good move. Of course, it's a risky move. Because what if actually people from the block, from the different blocks, they actually turn and they do not vote for him. So it's a risky move, but I think if it pays off, it's going to be a huge move for him. So despite it being a marriage of convenience, and once we see this vote of confidence, do you think he can bring political stability to Malaysia? I don't know about that. In mm-hmm. fact, I would say I, I would be surprised if he if he lasts five years. Uh, because there are, there are a lot of people within AMNO who did not want this coalition with Pakatan Harapai. And don't forget, the Anwar's entire campaign slogan was we need to reject the robbers. And he was talking about, about Barista National. Uh, and Amno's, Amno's uh, campaign slogan was no Anwar, no DAP. Right? So there's still, even though, yes, there's some friendships between mm-hmm. the two sides, but there's also still some mistrust and deep resentment between both sides as well. So uh, I, I would be uh, surprised if we do not see 
uh, more changes over the next five years in terms of political coalition. And, you know, just on that, I mean, it was just a week ago that we saw top figures in BN calling for his head after quite a interesting electoral defeat. But, you know, who could we see line up when it comes to the to his number two? Could it be Hamidi? Uh, if it is Zahid Hamidi, I would say that is the biggest betrayal of the people's trust. And mm. I don't think Anwar is that daft to mm. do that. I mean, you never know in Malaysian politics, but if he does bring on Zahid Hamidi as his number two, I mean, it shows that clearly that this is not a principle-based mm. government. This is just politics of expediency. I think a safer choice would be Mat Hassan mm. um, or Ismail Sabri, although Ismail Sabri has been lukewarm in his support for Pakatan yeah. and Anwar, so... So maybe he doesn't want Ismail Sabri, but Mat Hassan is a much, much safer choice. Uh, of course, Zahid Hamidi wouldn't wouldn't just roll over. But now it's up to Anwar how he wants to manage uh, the people and their expectations and their demands. And he's also said that more time is needed to consider all views before unveiling a leaner cabinet. What do you think his cabinet could look like? Yeah, so I think uh, when he said more time is needed to consider views, I think what what he means is he needs more time to convince people mm. that some of them will be rejected and they will not get. I think the two main things to look out for is one is Zahid Hamidi and who are the power players. Yeah. The second is the AP. Probably they are going to be sidelined quite a bit uh, in in the new cabinet. So I think that's how the, the, the cabinet is going to look like. It's going to be leaner for sure. The last cabinet was just too huge with too many deputy ministers and ministers. Uh, so I, I always look out for the for the few top positions like the finance ministry, the home affairs, defense, the foreign foreign affairs. These are where the power bases are. So I'm really looking forward to see who holds it. And my suspicion is Amno is going to be disproportionately powerful. What does his appointment mean for Malaysia's political relationship with other countries in Southeast Asia? There's an interesting article on the Straits Times website that talks about the positive implications for Indonesia. Right. So uh, one of the things about Anwar is from his times as uh, a student activist and mm-hmm. even his time in, in government, he has a, a deep and long-standing relationship with Indonesia, especially with mm-hmm. a lot of the activists. If we remember the reformacy movement, I mean, it was Indonesia was also part of the reformacy movement. He has a lot of deep, long-standing ties with them. However, having said that, I think it's also important for us to move beyond personalities when we look at foreign relations, foreign affairs and international relations. Because a lot of times it's ultimately about national interest. And in that sense, I do not think much will change in terms of Malaysia's relationship with the rest of ASEAN and Southeast Asia. We've got to talk about the relationship with Singapore, though. Any impact yeah, there? I, mm. Yeah, I don't think it will change that much. You know, okay. From time to time, it will be rocky. Probably he'll be friendlier in terms of rhetoric and so on. But ultimately, Singapore and Malaysia have really deep and good ties. Mm-hmm. Uh, in spite of even sometimes you have individuals who may be a bit more belligerent. Uh, but uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, our ties are still solid, right? So I, I do not see that changing. Even though there is a tendency to look at personalities, ultimately, I think it's all about interest. Okay, well, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us this morning. No worries. Thank you for having me.
Thank you. We've been speaking with Walad Jamblad Abdullah, Assistant Professor at Nanyang Technological University. You are listening to Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.